I want to start. Chevra, I want to start by sharing the drasha saran. The drash, the ran is a rishon. Rabbeinu Nisim. The ran is one of the rishonim, and and I want to share with you something. The drasha saran. The ran wrote a sefer called Drasha Saran. Is nine drashas that he has on Chumash Elio. And Drasha number three, he says something. I almost slipped. I said it last night in my shul, and I almost slipped and called it. I, I think I did slide. First, I had a theory of the ran. That's a very disgusting way to talk. I felt badly that it came out of my mouth. Because Arishan says something. We don't, chasvish, Arishan by us. The words of Rishan by us are Torah itself. And Arishan says something. It's teaching us. It's not a theory. It's something that's life-changing. We treated somebody in the base measure. So, you know, I was thinking that's kishmak. That's 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 valuable too. Any thought that the Torah brings out, a Rishain says something has the words of Rishainim by us, our Torah itself, and we take it. Welcome home, Binyamin, and we take it. Oh, almost welcome. <laughs> Still welcome home. Yeah, big welcome back to Max Grubin. We're not, we're not pretend people, and very, very, when young people, and this is a, this is a norm of youngsters are afraid, are afraid to face difficult things. So they see a friend who went through a hardship, like you pretend, he knows, you know, you know, he knows, he knows, you know, and they ignore it. We're not immature here. We're not afraid of feelings, and I want to wish in the Max's father was nifter 32 days ago. And I was Zaycha that I spent the Pesach with Max and his family. I hit it off with his father. His father, at the first glance, was a no-nonsense tough guy. And when you knew him, he was mush. And on Pesach, I like hit it off with him. They were bidding for Aliyah. So he bought me an Aliyah for $300. He bought me an Aliyah. And he was just, he was a nice person. We hit it off. He had a very big respect for Torah. He finished three Mesechtas. He had been at the end of Makas, the end of his life. He started learning a lot. He would learn Shabbos afternoon, two, two and a half hours a week, even the short Shabbos was learning. And all of a sudden, the fa- people found him in between Minyanim, opening Gemaras. He was getting very attached to Gemara. He had a tremendous appreciation if you learned Torah. He respected, there was like respect to that. You learned Torah. He appreciated, you had a re- deep, deep respect that was building to Torah. It's something that was touching Max help finish the Masechta. He had been at the end of Makas, his third Masechta of his life, and he was nifter suddenly with three blot to go. And Max did some of those blot, some of that to help that they made a siyam at Ishleisha. Max helped finish it. But I, the Mishpacha, Max should have, Hashem should send a Nechama to Max and to the family. And Max should continue his ways that he, it's, it's a big deal that he brought at the end of his life to his family this appreciation of Torah. And he was running and they saw him running like almost out of nowhere, running to learn Torah. That's something precious and something important was running to Chavrusa, ready for a long period, running to this Chavrusa, Maish was the Chavrusa, Maish was the Chavrusa, yeah, running to this Yid, this, this person who was in his shul, and shot, the guy thought it was going to be a 45 minute say the Shabbos, but he kept asking to extend, extend, to the point it was two, two and a half hours that he would hold on to Shabbos after Shabbos, short Shabbos, 
No, I want to go learn Torah and sit and learn Shabbos afternoon. You get a picture of somebody who was who was growing. So the mishpacha should have an achamah and continue in this way of chashivas atayr. Lemaisa, lemaisa. The I I went to an event. I went to a public event, and and I was very very frustrated. The speakers were not connecting to the crowd. It was not the best speakers. And people were sitting there, and the speakers weren't connecting to the crowd. Whenever you have these type of experiences, be present. Don't ignore what you're seeing. Think, process, be present to your experience. And it made me have thoughts. It's not a small thing that the crowd, I didn't think the crowd felt understood by the speakers. I didn't think the speakers understood the crowd. I saw a profound disconnect. And it made me think, and first of all, the first what I want to say is that Hashem gives us great leaders. Hashem knows the generation and knows the tzaddikim of the generation. And we're zaycha, we have le'alma in Yisrael. The Jewish people is not bereft of leadership. And Hashem has sent big tzaddikim and gedolim that very much connect to Kla Yisrael. Kla Yisrael feels understood by them. And it turns, if you're witnessing mm-hmm. something, by the way, this gathering I was at, wow, wow, this guy, welcome home, Rabbi Yitzhi. This wow. gathering I was at was, uh, you know, no, I, I don't say they were the, the leaders of the darts. complicated question. It made me think about leadership. It made me think about Gedolim. Seeing a disconnect between a crowd and its leaders made me have a lot of questions. There's a, there's a Gemara Baba Kama. Very, very touching Gemara Baba Kama. The Gemara Baba Kama says, Kad rug is rayal ana. When a shepherd gets angry at his flock. Kad rug is rayal ana. When a shepherd gets angry at his flock, Ovid linagda stumasa. The shepherd makes the lead. The nagda stu, means the lead one. A nagat is a leader. Stumasa. He makes the leader blind. He, if the shepherd's angry at the flock, he makes the lead sheep blind. The sheep will follow the leader. That's the tendency of shepsels. They're very docile animals that like follow the leader. And if the leader's blind and, and falls off bridges and falls into crevices and cracks and who knows what, they all follow suit. So if the shepherd's angry at his flock, he makes the lead sheep blind, and that hurts the whole flock. And the Gemara describes that an Einish Hashem could give us is give us bad leadership. Now, Baruch Hashem, we could see in our lives, it always amazes me that Hashem sends the right leaders to us. And, 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 and observing Klal Yisrael, we have beautiful G'daylam. I've watched for many years the, the Neviminska Rebbe as an example who was a great speaker, well-spoken, and seemed to really understand Klal Yisrael, and Klal Yisrael was moved by him. Whenever he spoke, it was moving, it was, he connected, it resonated, he understood his people, and his people felt understood. And it, anybody who ever heard him speak with such, here was a Talmud Chacham and a Tzaddik who, was, who connected well to Klal Yisrael. And that's, that's what's typical, and I'm not like, I'm not challenging that chas v'shalom, amazing. It says Hashem is shasal, he implants the right tzaddikim in every generation. The creator of our generation knows our generation. And Hashem puts the right tzaddikim and leaders for each generation. If you ever see a disconnect, 
If you see a disconnect, you're allowed to ask and wonder as you should and allowed to observe everything that you experience. And experiencing this disconnect at this place I was at made me, I was wondering, I was wondering about the disconnect. It made me have thoughts. And one of the things that I thought of when I was there, it, sometimes you have into something you already learned, yet see. I probably have heard that Russia Saran already, so I was mechavent to something I've heard, but it made me think about this, that Klal Yisrael followed Moshe Rabbeinu Rebbe, and Moshe Rabbeinu was a kvad peh. He had some speech impediment. I don't know what it was. A heavy mouth, kvad peh, some kvedos. You know, I've heard people say a stutter, to a lisp, to all... To all different other things, Maishra Rabbeinu had some speech impediment. It was a kfad peh. And the Ran asked, why does Hashem give our leader and our Rebbe to be a kfad peh? Why is that? Make him somebody, a great orator. It's Pashat. Avram Avinu was massively skilled. Reb Miller speaks about that. That a person's in a position of leadership, so Hashem gives them tremendous skills. Avram was a great warrior. He won great wars. It means he had chachma of war, and he had tremendous skills and abilities. He was famous as open psukim, agad shemecha, and it gave him a platform to accomplish what Avram Avinu wanted to accomplish. So why would it be Maishu Rabbeinu couldn't speak? And Maishu Rabbeinu even challenges Hashem that maybe I shouldn't leave Klal Yisrael, get somebody who could speak to them and connect to them. And Maish Rabbeinu was a kvad peh, some speech impediment. And the Ran asked the Kasha, why was Maish Rabbeinu a kvad peh? Why did he have this speech impediment? Now, there are deep spiritual ideas to kvad peh. To, you have to know what speech is to our own balance of physical and spiritual. And Maish Rabbeinu has some imbalance. There's deep spiritual ideas that once, one day, you and I will get to the right age and we'll know Shas and Paiskim. And then we'll graduate to Pneumius Atayra in a deep way and we'll learn more about the Kfad Pev, Maish Rabbeinu. But right now, the Ran asks, why was Maish Rabbeinu? Why do you have that handicap? Says the Ran something I find incredible. He says that if Klal Yisrael has this dynamic speaker, somebody's suave, somebody's well-spoken, and we all sit there swaying, they come in this room and just like dazzle, everybody sits there. So that's wonderful. But there's an element, there's some element that the Chitzainius, that it was a good speaker that captured us. There's a tremendous beauty and a lesson that what drew us to Moshe was sincerity and authenticity. It's funny, I grapple, as he's new to yeshiva, in secular schools, a good educator is charisma, is exciting and powerful and screaming and yelling, and that's a good educator in the secular world. I, I grapple, as he, not only don't I value it so much, I sometimes purposely want not. Because I want what to sell is honesty and truth, sincerity, authenticity. It's interesting that there's packaging to things, and there's nothing wrong with knowing, having good speaking abilities and knowing how to package something. But there's also an authentic message. I told the guys, I was once at a public gathering where I was supposed to speak. And one of the speakers before me, I felt was all fluff, and I didn't feel there was teichen. I felt like it was missing 
Come on, come on. Ah. And he had some people crying in the crowd and said nothing, nothing of value. It was like fluff, geschmack, oh, sad story. <laughs> come on, come on, what are you doing? I was so disgusted by fluff, I used zero technique of speaking. Zero, and the techniques are cute and geschmack, funny. I never in my life spoke a worse technique of speaking. And I just wanted to share something real. Like I felt the room was so empty. The guy sucked realness out of the room. <laughs> I just forget there was no room, no technique. No, no. Hi, everybody. Let's, okay, it says, the Pasuk says, like, let's, let's learn a Pasuk, ever. Let, let's read a Pasuk. Here's the Pasuk. Here's what it says. Maishu Rabbeinu was a kvad pes as the ran that what drew us was sincerity and authenticity. And that's it. There was no trappings, no fluff, no nothing around it. It was only honesty and realness that drew us in. This was authentic. And, that, and we, that's what the Ran says, why Hashem gave a kvad peh. You're sitting, Mitzrayim's a country, kulay fluff, male zima. It's all, it's all fluff, male zima. In such a world to break free from Mitzrayim, we needed a Rebbe that was sincere and honest. I think a lot of guys and a lot of people can relate. In the world of internet and all the things drawing, how do you fight it? You know, Rebbeim everywhere are contending. It's not just in Shiurim. You know, if, if, if you watch, don't, you have to think through things. You see in Shiurim a lot of people on their phones. We're competing with something. I laugh. We make events. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Fire. We're giving away millions of us. We're competing heavy. Got a guy can lie in his bed all day today and have real entertaining stuff. Constantly refreshed and new, interesting. Says Aishas Paitifera wore a new dress every day, the Medrash says. That's how I would decide, describe Western society. It's uploaded every day, new content, every hour probably could get. The guy's like frustrated because the same stuff is up like on his phone. He's waiting, like, but you wait another hour and it's all new stuff. New entertainment, new zach, and he's watching. So the speaker's competing. Even a let's make a deal, you're competing with a lot. A guy came, dragged his body here. He could have lied in bed and, and watched zach. But he doesn't have his anxiety. I explained that yesterday. It's much better in bed. You have no anxiety here. Anxiety, you always run to anxiety. A world of pnim you don't have. You run, put yourself in a world where you're alive and feeling and exper- experiencing that we discussed yesterday. But you're up against a lot. We're up. It's not just like the guy during shears on his phone looking, looking. This is what you're up against. And it's funny. Guys in the dorm are talking a lot about this, about this new AI, artificial intelligence. This is across the country. I mean, teachers' schools have just been to Yufta, the schools to Yufta. Everybody just joined Waterbury now. Schools have ended. There's no more classes, periods. We can't even give, you know, we, you can't even give people essays. You just plug in AI, bang. A bacher, it was very, it was very disheartening. A guy plugged in Dan Kalish. Give a Dan Kalish speech. And artificial intelligence made fun of me. They picked a sensitive thing. They imitated. I couldn't believe it. Something I'm, I'm very bad at ending speeches. There's a power beginning. There's a middle. To get out of a speech. Now, with the chevra here, there's no need to get out. I'm buddies with the guys. I don't know. Yeah, okay. The job is It's not. I don't. In a speech. And all of us can relate. You ever was speaking and you couldn't end? You're like stuck up there. But a chevra. You don't just like walk away and you're like... 
you're trying to like close, there's, a, there's something called the power ending, it's a shtickle skill how to end the speech. And, you, and you're like, you ever like in a speech and you're looping and looping and you just can't get out? Like, uh, yes, so, uh, hmm. <laughs> you, you watch people like Shabras and ending, how to, how to escape and end in a nice geschmack. An ending is an art. And it's always been an art, and I'm just weak at the ending. Thus, I mean, maybe the long speeches that you hear. No, but the ending is a difficult, it's an art. It's a skill to end. And I'm like sensitive to end. I'm always like ending with a bracha, whatever I said. So we should all be zaycha too. And like you, like somehow chaz what you said. It's like in, in the ending, in the artificial intelligence, they put in the bracha at the end. It was comical. They get, I was really like, shoot. <laughs> Like that, I'm so like sensitive to that. They had at the end, so I'd like to wish it ended with that terrible ending. They, 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 the artificial intelligence, like nailed it. <laughs> it's fun. Accurate's funny. They're looking for patterns. The best pattern was the, the, the rest. I wasn't amazed at anything. The ending was like they nailed something. They picked up, they're looking for what you're, what's peculiar about you. And the ending, they like nailed, like this horrible ending. They got it. But, they, but I, I saw me in their ending, like trying to get out of a speech. The bottom line is, is that you have artificial intelligence and anybody can plug in, plug in any, any, any essay they want. And the only answer, so what do we have? Why do you go to school? Why do you go to class? What do you, you know, it's, it's funny, they teach math. Just, there should be no math. We all have calculators. What do you need math for? Just do the calculator. What we need only is authenticity. No computer can feel for us. No computer will ever feel anxiety, ever. They'll never get a computer for an Eilam No computer will ever sit by a let's make a deal and feel anxious. Am I going to win or him? Computers aren't anxious like that. They'll never even know what that means. It's just words. It's chitzayniyistika words. They can never experience the 3D world you and I experience of, oh my God, the tensions of when's Kalish going to end, of is this Shabbos going to be comfortable? I know Ray Fish is coming. Am I going to even like him? And all the beautiful tensions that make us human and that we respond to and figure out and develop, they'll never simulate on a computer. They don't feel like, they don't have a soul. They can never add an ashamah to a computer that grapples wholly on this earth and how it all plays out and the, all the inner struggles that a soul and a body creates, that they never can duplicate because a computer will never have a soul and a body. And sincerity, authenticity, that world of grappling between right and wrong, between whims and real wants, all these real grappling they'll never have. And sincerity and authenticity they'll never have. And the way out of Mitzrayim is with a kvad peh, somebody who has no shaykhs to externals. He can't even speak, the zero fluff. And it's just the truth. Now, I'm not saying to ever knock good speaking abilities. It's important, by the way, learn good speaking abilities. There's a place and a value. But always that the thing itself should be authentic and real. So Maishu Rabbeinu brings us out of Mitzrayim, Zikfad Peh. He has no capacity of the external. He's not well spoken. And all that draws us is the truth. And I was thinking about this at that gathering I was at, that maybe there was a value. I'm not saying they were right to put up speakers that couldn't speak, but maybe there's a beauty to it that Klal Yisrael follows our leaders for the truth. 
And because it's true, and we don't need the fluff and the other stuff. So that's, I wanted to share this run with the Chevra. I'm rather amazed by the run. I want to I wanna talk about something else. A Rashi, all of us know. I want to talk about two aspects of this Rashi. Mitzrayim is being pounded by Hashem. Dom Hashem is pounding our adversaries. At the Makos, which are killing Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim are dying. So there's a, there's, a, there's a Rashi you and I know. Dom Tzvardei the first three Makos. So Dom... Hashem, let's read the Psukim. Vayayim Hashem Moshe Emer al Aaron. Say to Aaron, Kach matchan eteyodcha almei Mitzrayim. Take your stick and bang on the, the waters of Mitzrayim and produce dam. And then we know for the second mak as well. For the second mak as well. Vayayim Hashem Moshe Emer al Aaron. Tell Aaron, take your hand and bang the Naharais, and they'll be Tzvardea, they'll be frogs. Ask Rashi, all of us learned this in first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, but I want to analyze two Nukudas you might have missed when you were a younger kid. Says Rashi, Rashi says, why should Aaron bang the Yam? Why should Aaron bang the Yam? Says Rashi, the Nile protected Maishra Rabbeinu when he was a youngster. And he was going to be killed. His, his, um, his little basket was thrown into the Nile. So the water protected Meshach. be inappropriate to bang the yam. And therefore Aaron banged the yam. Even to give a little clap on the sea, to bang on the water would be inappropriate. The water saved your life. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. The water saved your life. Aaron, you touched the water. Maishu Rabbeinu, don't touch the water. The water saved your life. Water saved his brother's life. Why should he hit it? <laughs> That's a good zug. <laughs> it's a good time. Avad, there's, no, there's nothing intrinsically wrong. The yam's not getting deep hurt. Yeah. Lemaisa, this saved you. You have a certain feeling to the yam. Preserve that feeling. There's Rev, Rev Gussman... Rev Gussman was saved during the Holocaust. He lived as a partisan in the forest. He lived as a partisan. And he ran around and ate the berries. The rest of his life, it's famous, his Talmudim used to see him watering vegetation in his yeshiva Netzach It's a weird sight, a Rosh Hashiva. One of the G'daylam and Klaistel used to water the lawn in a bizarre sight. Nobody knows for sure. I don't think he ever said this. The Talmidim guess that he was very, very soft with vegetation because he saw himself being saved by a forest. That's what the Talmidim estimate. It was like Maisha not banging the yar. There was a certain appreciation to the forestry that saved my life. And as such, he would water the lawn. That's what the Talmidim took it. I don't know if he said it. I'm not convinced he said it, but I do think I've heard from Talmidim. This is their theory. The Talmidim who told me never heard him say it. It could be their Talmidim out there that heard him say it. But definitely the Talmidim figured that was his sensitivity to water the lawn. I don't know if they're right. It could be just the Gishmakazach to water lawns. Who Me and I, we all could relate to that anyway. But maybe, maybe that's the shot. The Kitzer, as he is like this that I want to say two observations. All of us learned this when we were little kids. The third makkah, Shechin. This is true by the third makkah. By the third makkah, so Hashem says again, 
Hashem says by the third Maka, by Kinim. So I skipped. Ah, Vayem Hashem Omoyshe, tell Aaron and hit the Afar Haaretz, hit the dirt. Why does Aaron Akoyin hit the dirt? By Kinim, says Rashi, Loya you offer Kedai Lilko Sayyidei Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu shouldn't touch the offer. Would be shahagin alav because it protected him when he killed the Mitzri. By itmineyu b'choyel, he buried him in the sand. Therefore, I am not cutting it the dirt. I had a kasha. This was inspired by my little son because he's the type who would ask me this kasha. He did not, but he, he would ask it to me. So I started. The inner child was awoken in me, and I'm bothered by Meish Rabbeinu. Didn't help. Meish Rabbeinu buried the Mitzri, and anyway, Parai found out and tried to kill Meisha. So Yetzelot, my little son, would ask me this kasha, that it didn't help. What do you mean, Akar Satoiv, to the dirt that blocked the Mitzri? It was discovered that Maish Rabbeinu killed the Mitzri. Anyway, Ochei Noidadover, and Pare wanted to kill him. So it's, it says the dirt, what? Good question, right? The dirt did its part, though. Oh, I like that. Mo said the dirt did its part. You know, somebody else told, but the dirt did its part. You see a bigger lesson in gratitude just for trying to help me. You didn't even succeed. But the effort you try to help me, gratitude also. Interesting. I want to say something. Did you ever see every time as a parent or a Rebbe's mad and punishing, there's two types of anger. There's an anger that the Rebbe or parents out of control has lost it. Has lost it is raging and the Rebbe your parent has lost it and there's something called Kaspanim where they don't lose it at all and targeted and thought out excuse me they're like giving it to somebody then they don't lose it you ever picture when a Rebbe is angry but he didn't lose it and it's Chenach related it's Mamish Kulay Das a decision that Rebbe can turn to you have to be careful that you're not playing a game but you're showing Kas called cast upon him, could turn to somebody else and smile. Oh, let's see, how are you? Now, don't always fall for that. Because sometimes you could smile and it's the same. <laughs> you're still out of control. Just because you smile doesn't mean you're not out of control. It's not a raya. Not a raya. But sometimes you could sense that they're inside. They're not out of control. <coughs> There's a cast upon him, not a cast. Why, why? You could see that. We all, it's very, very frightening when somebody you trust is out of control. In one of my most moving psukim, we say to Hashem in Eiv, in Eicha, in Eicha and Tishabav, is we, we say you're like, a, like, a, like a, an attacking bear to me. God, you feel out of control. Very, very scary when we go through difficulty and it feels like Hashem is raging on us. Now, it's not true. But Golos, the Oymek of Golos, we say to Hashem, Kedoiv Oyrev, you're like a raging bear to me. Hashem, I don't feel, when, our, when, when a Rebbe or a parent is, my Rebbe has hung up the phone on that? me, my Rebbe has said very tough things to me, but I when my Rebbe has said these things to me, I completely sense and know that he's very under control. He's not out of control. He's very under control and he's being mechanich me and I actually appreciate it. When you sense the mechanich is tough and under control, you actually could like the toughness. Do you know the toughness can actually comfort you? We've discussed that in Mizmar Ludavid we say to Hashem, 
we say to Hashem that shiftecha umishantecha hema yenachmonim. Your rod of your rod of punishing me, shiftecha is a shevet that you smack me with. Umishantecha is your support. Your toughness and your niceness both comfort me. Your, your toughness comforts me. Dr. Pelkowitz said that the angriest patient he ever had at a parent in his decades-long career of being a, being, a, being a psychologist, the most angry guy dude he ever saw was a kid who felt his parents never put boundaries down. And he was raging about it. It created anger. It's a tremendous comfort to have rules. Tremendous comfort that there are rules here. There are a lot of things that externally get us angry and inside we're happy about. You'll hear how delusional I am, Ezzy. I think a shul that a rub speaks short, five minutes, people like the shul better. They get mad, I spoke again. And I'm so delusional, I think people like it. There's a certain comfort that this is a lead place. If the rub never speaks, there's a sense like we don't, you come into shul and leave. There's a security to being led, even a speech. Five, I'm not talking about a guy goes long. I'm not that delusional. He goes too long. Everybody goes home mad. But he speaks short. People are comforted that it's a lead place. A guy tell, guys have complained, my mother makes me come home on time. I promise you, I believe. Not I promise it's true because I can't, I have no monopoly on truth. But I sincerely believe that guys love it when mom makes them come home. They'll get angry at her, even curse. And I promise, I believe that the kid likes it. He feels like, good, I have a mother. Feels like secure. Actually, I have like somebody who like notices something. Someone cares. And he'll complain, this is ridiculous. All my friends are out to floor. He knows the difference. Now he says it. The mo- one day you're going to make your kid go to sleep. It's time to bed. They say, I hate you. And inside, I promise there's a part that feels very secure and comfortable. Hey, I have a mother. If, it, if your home is bedlam, there's no bedtimes, your kids will resent it. I, I worry because when, when, when power and authority is misused, is totally misused, so people's answer is no authority. Authority is wonderful. Authority is comforting. Toughness is comforting. Hashem, your rod of din comforts me that there's an order, that there's a reason, that there's a, there's a security to that. One day with your own kids, it's time for bed. They'll like it. Now they'll say, ah, why do I have to go to sleep on time? And then they'll comfortably hop in bed and sleep like a baby. And the other way where the house is chaos and there's no bedtimes, there's tremendous resentment. There's no security of somebody. By the way, the parent who says it's 1230, where are you? You're helping. You're giving him a hug and a kiss, your son. And I'll catch him. I don't get it. All my friends could be out all night. And inside it's like, ah, he's hugged. He's hugged that he has somebody. It's obvious. You don't have to be Captain Obvious. You tell a kid, you know, you're lucky and out of us. He feels that. He knows that. You don't even have to be Captain Obvious. He'll yell and scream, and then he comes home and he feels blessed that he actually has, he has there's, there's controls. And so there's, there's a tremendous security to din. The time it's not secure is if we sense it's out of control. Whoa. If the person who's supposed to be secure is lost control and is raging, there's no security in that. 
That's the scariest thing. The, the one who's supposed to set boundaries is doing it with rage and anger and abuse. That's like horrible. And we say Tashem in Eicha. It's one of the most moving psukim I've ever seen in my life. We say Tashem. It feels like you're a wild bear. I don't feel comfortable. I don't understand Hashem. You're like an attacking bear. This doesn't feel comfortable. I know what healthy punishment feels like. And that's what we're expressing. That's gullus when we're, we don't feel it and experience the truth of what's happening. That's what we say. But there's a tremendous security to when somebody's doing din, but you sense control. Now, I want to describe this. I am fascinated. Hashem is punishing here. Stark. Now, he's punishing our enemies, Hitler's. He's punishing people who for 86 years killed our children and tortured us. So he's punishing terrible people. But there's din coming. Dam, Tzvardeya, people are dying. And Hashem is punishing Risham for evil, for their evil. But it's so cool that while he's punishing, he winks at Maisha and he teaches like this subtle lesson of gratitude. Maisha, no, no, don't bang the sea. You know, that's like the mechanic in the middle of like a, 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 in middle of harshness gives a little smile, gives you a quick kiss like, I'm not out of control at all. I love you. And I'm doing things as a cheshbon. We're, we're, we're restoring order here, but I'm not out of control. The hugging, the kiss, the little smile that says, okay, okay. There's din here, but there's control, but there's thought. Hashem in the middle of the fest, incredible din of Dam Tzvardeya Kinim, where the Mitzrayim are being pounded, he says, Maisha, don't touch the Nile. There's the moment, damn, the whole country is being bombed. People are dying. Bombs are falling. He says, Maisha, subtle, don't touch the yam. It wouldn't be gratitude. The yam saved you. There's such a delicate hug and a kiss amidst the din is the smile of Hashem. Things are, things are just stored out and there's an exactness here and there's, there's reasons. I love my creations and their reasons. I want to I wanna say to the guys about gratitude. Obviously, gratitude is from the, is from the most important attributes that all of us want to have in our life, is to be appreciative people. We can get and get and get things and be totally out to lunch. And attitudes, learning to appreciate, to focus. Gratitude is a focus. I'll t- I want to tell you a story that happened to me. It's an Arab Shabbos. I'll tell you an Arab Shabbos story. Attitude is a focus. I was in ShopRite, a blessed memory. The ShopRite in Waterbury recently closed, so you wouldn't get that joke, but I was in ShopRite, and I was there in an era of Shabbos, and one of my kids was very, very young back in the day, and the kid was in the middle of a tantrum. Now, have you ever been a parent, and your kid's tantruming in a store? It is very stressful. It's Erev Shabbos Kosh. My kid is on the floor. You, you'll, I'll buy you all the candy. Take it all. It's not so simple. You know, your kid's tantruming, bugging out. You have thoughts of, there's a chil Lashem. People don't know kids, especially in whatever. Most people have dogs, not kids. So your kid's crying and tantruming. You, 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 and I, my back started aching. I was paying online. I'm trying to put my stuff through. My kid's tantruming. I'm thinking, do I have everything my wife asked me to get? Of course, I said, I don't need a shopping list. I got it and didn't remember what was what. You're trying to make sure you're nervous. Shabbos is coming. Did you get your stuff you need? And my kid's tantruming. 
And my back, I start, my back started hurting. And I had the stress back, and I'm thinking, and then I reframed. I said, well, time out, time out, time out. The first thoughts, you're flooded. Chil Hashem, pressure, Shabbos, all these pressurized, difficult thoughts. And then, you know, they have the movie things, you uh, reframe, start again. No, 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 step back, one second, one second. First of all, thank God I have a kid. Sweet little guy in the floor. Thank God I have a kid. Chil Hashem, that I have a child. No Chil Hashem, you're allowed to have a child, not a dog. Mutter, mutter, mutter. And children cry, it's not a Chil Hashem, your kids cry. And Chazde Hashem is such a sweet kid, I have a kid. Hashem, blessed with a child. Baruch Hashem. Then I'm thinking about, I look at the counter, you're a rich guy. You buy all the stuff, no problem. You have the money to pay for, you're a rich fellow. You're running for Shabbos, that you have a meaningful day in your life that excites you, that you want to be ready for. Soak it in. It's focus. 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 You lost your focus. From one second, crying, kid, Shabbos is coming, that I get all the stuff, to each of the three things being a... A neurotic, a blessing. Ah, child. Focus. And gratitude is, is from the most important things of our... Not from. It's the most important media in our life is to be people who have gratitude, who appreciate the kindness that we receive. And I want to say that media is you can't turn on and you can't turn off. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> I'm very into on the basketball court. I get upset. Me and Nafti get upset. A guy doesn't hustle. And I don't know, okay, it's a game. If, you, if you're not hustling on the court, you won't hustle in life. I don't think midas, you turn on and off. By the way, I see people mean to Goyim. I'm not even getting involved. First of all, guys at Salem Kim. But I don't look at midas as you turn it on and off. You'll be mean to a yid, you'll be mean to your family. Midas are you. You don't turn them on and off. They exist, and when, when you strengthen them and have them, that's what works. That's what continues. In all situations, at all times, to practice and to be engaged in Midas Tavis, it works in all different things. A guy is, I don't like when people quit on the court. I don't look at it, it's just a game. That's a Midas, and you have that Midas there, you have that Midas there. The guy that down 20 and they fold, like, I hate that. I hate that. I don't care, it's three minutes left. You play like a beast. The game is going. Till the end of the game, you play hard. I hate when people fold. You say, what do you mean, it's just the game? It's the same meter. You'll fold in life. I promise you'll be down by 20 with three minutes to go many times in your life. And the same guy who folds there, it's a bad meter. I don't care where. It doesn't matter where you express the bad meter. That's a bad meter that you tapped into. You don't fold. So we're down 20. That, that, there's always a good story to be written. And play your heart out because the game is still going. You bring it. You bring it. I can't stand it. It's a terrible midah. I've seen people like this where they're down. It bothers me to no end. Team's down. You would never see Nafti do this. Never. It's not, it's not true. You wouldn't do it. So you're down 23 minutes to go. So let's go, everybody. He gets hot. He gets whole hip shots and, and off and sometimes even pull off the upset. But the, but the midah that, what do you mean? There's a game. What are you doing? Why are you? Let's play harder. Let's dig deeper. Let's that midah. You can't turn midahs on and off. That same midah there will show up. It sh- what what shows up there will show up elsewhere. It will show up in your business. It will show up in your family life. It will show up how you live life. Midahs across the board. 
Here that Maish Rabbeinu has the yam protected him. He's not touching the yam. I appreciate the yam. Gratitude. Does the yam care? It begs questions. What? There's a midah here that this protected me. This is my friend. Huh? This is my friend. This, I'm not touching the yam. That will show up all the areas of your life. Maisha doesn't touch the yam. He's not whacking the yam. He passes by the yam and there's like a warm feeling. Ah, I was saved by that. There's a gesunter warm feeling that he feels to the yam. There was a yid, Rev, Rev Schwab. He was, the, he was the head of the yakka's brother. Rev Mordechai Schwab's brother was a mashkiach in Mansi. Old clothing he wouldn't just throw out. If he had old clothing before he threw out an old suit or an old shirt, he'd put it away and he would like thank it and he wouldn't just chuck it in the garbage. That served me well to be like a gratitude. And like slowly he'd keep it there a couple of weeks then he would like throw it out. There was like a sense that that thing was good to me. Gratitude, I appreciate it. There was an appreciation to things and he was, deve- of course, it's not about the, the thing, it's about a midah, an attitude that there's appreciation, respect, this helped me. There's a certain way to treat, this was, this was good to me, I'm not defacing it. I'm not going to mistreat it, this was good to me. And as such, he didn't bang, Moshe Rabbeinu's told, don't bang the Nile, don't even bang, don't even bang the offer, which didn't even really succeed in, hide, in doing the job hiding the mitzri. But like Mo taught us, it attempted to help me. It attempted to help me. I'm not going to bang the offer. Aaron's going to bang the offer. I'm not touching the offer. The midas that we display at all different times, the way we show up with that midah comes out in all other areas. This one did good to me. This one did good to me. There's a certain gratitude. Somebody humors a janitor in a school is out of his mind that will show up to his wife, his to mother, and to God. The guy's working hard to help us. You're just not thinking. You're not thinking. The cook, the janitor, the, a waiter, a waiter. If you don't have profound respect for your waiter, you go to a restaurant and a waiter, if you don't take a few seconds to say, the person's working hard and serving us. I went with a group of guys, Max and I went to a place. I felt like, I felt love to the guy. He served us very nicely. I felt I wanted to give him a hug. The guy served us nice. It was like very good feeling. A guy ran, came, went, was very gracious and served us nicely. You're, you're out of touch and you run over him. That's your wife and ultimately that's God as well. And don't be clueless. You go to a gas station. In New Jersey, the law is a guy has to serve you gas. In New York and elsewhere in Connecticut, you could take your own gears. So it's a freezing day. You're sitting in your warm car, and there's a guy out there in 20 degrees who's cold filling your gears. If you don't have feelings of gratitude, you're close. You're not being misplaced. Your life's too busy. You're giving in to Parai. Parai makes us so overwhelmed that we have no time for subtlety. Stop the things out in the cold. You should want to go out to give him a hug. Maybe ask him if he wants your gloves. I'm all you see, guys, poor, and he's, he's doing your thing. Maybe you have gloves in the car you want to give to the guy. Normally it says, you know, you know the rules when you give three <coughs> things to who? Here he's in the cold. He's helping you. You push it. If you don't have feelings of gratitude, your life's way too stressful to enjoy. You're missing. But the way you show up there, you'll show up everywhere. You can't turn midas on and off. They're developed, they're utilized, and they're there. And when they're true, they're there always. And when they're not true, you can't turn midas on and off. You're at the gas station. It's not a trick. 
it stinks for a minute. Stop for a minute. There's a guy called, he's filling your gears. You're not. He's giving you gears. He said, he's just doing it to make money. Okay, we all have motives for all the kindnesses mm-hmm. we do. It's called being a human being. But Lemaisa, he's doing something that's helping you out. And he's filling up your thing. Show some gratitude for a second. The guy just served you. He filled up your thing, your tank. Be present to the kindnesses we're receiving. Maish Rabbeinu is so present. It's such a cool way of living that he's told don't bang the Nile. Don't bang the Nile. The Nile saved you. You should pass by the Nile. There should be a sense. They saved me. They saved me. You pass by the offer. That's like more extreme. Remember when you buried the Mitzri and you had the good feeling? Shoo. I, you picture the scene, Maish Rabbeinu murders the Mitzri. Now he's in deep trouble, profound anxiety. He's a dead man. He covers him with sand. At that moment, you're like, sand. Ah. The rest of my life, I'm not touching sand. You know, sand, appreciate I stand in respect. Such a lesson to how to live. You're so present, such a rich life. Every time, what you're told is, every time you pass sand, this is what Hashem's expectation of us. When you pass sand, you're like, ah. you remember that delightful feeling of the last sand that went over the Mitzri's pinky and no part of him, they covered the last part of his body, like you covered the hand, and you look at sand and you have that like, that amazing like, warm feeling envelops your body and every time you pass in and the guy who doesn't bangs the sand and doesn't live with that now you pass by sand and you just remember a bang on sand you could actually capture a feeling the yam Maish Rabbeinu passes by a yam and just smiles he remembers the yam that saved his life he's floating out in the water his mother had told him the story countless times of the yam that saved his life you pass by the yam and there's gratitude. And it's our choice by living a callous, thoughtless life of banging the seas and we lose all the feelings of gratitude. We could be there. We could be there. We could be so busy. We could even be mean to the waiter. What a bad life. You should see your waiter. If I saw the guy, I literally would feel Dixie's. It was such a nice, I was with Maxel. I got to spend time with Martha. Martha's being a schmack. It was just nice. And if you, actually, if you actually spend a minute, you could see the waiter. And yeah, we pass, if we drove by Dixie's, if I saw Dixie's in a different city, it wouldn't even be kosher, pass by Dixie's. Yeah, Martha. If you actually, what? Mo asked the same question. Menachem asked, Menachem and Mo asked, that Aaron Akoyin should have this, how far does this go? Every day, Torah is teaching, recovered Rav, Aaron could have had this also. The Torah is teaching us if Aaron had in his heart an appreciation to the sea, there's no isser to hit the sea. Aaron Akkad, it would not break that appreciation. Hashem utilized Baisha, the direct one, the sea, to teach us something. Aaron could bang the sea, and it could be Aaron when he hit the sea, thought of all this. I don't know if it will break that, but Baisha was chosen as the one to teach it to us. The gratitude to the sea. But these, the, the, these attitudes for people who are present to the stories of their life. Maish Rabbeinu is present to the story of the sea saving him, present to the story of the choyl that buried the Mitzri, and years later he doesn't bang the choyl. He doesn't bang the, could be over 80 years later it's possible. He doesn't bang the dirt, the dirt's like, ah, 
There's a warm feeling, an attitude of gratitude. Say that again. Yeah, I hear, I hear, I hear, I hear. He's saying good. He's saying good. He's not. He's no, not attitude of gratitude. All these things, Menachem. It's funny. Menachem asks going green and asks serious things. It all depends the vibe, where it comes from. There's real stuff. There's real stuff that there are people, there were great people who did things that you'd be shagged, that feel very environmentalist type. When I hear of Schwab not throwing out his own clothing, see, here at environmentalist, I don't make fun of these. That's why it's very silly to put people down. When I hear people going green, they're saying real stuff. They're saying it, it, it's an expression of a piece of Torah. Don't knock the world. Don't be a cynic. There's tremendous amounts. He's right. Menachem's right. It's funny. So as you hear a schmooze, you're sitting in BMG. You said, that's going green. Rechtig, rechtig. The world has beauty in it. The world has beauty. And there's a place for going green in the Torah. This, you hear this. Menachem Braun, I'm so, Menachem Braun is a delicate, sophisticated person. And the fact that Menachem heard in this Rashi going green, the fact that Menachem heard in this Rashi going green is a big deal. You're right. That there's, these things Menachem, these things have powerful they're forces these are not small things then we figure out now the goal Menachem of people of sincere servants of Hashem is to know what place things have where to put it at what cost priority uh, so that 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 weird everything's from the Torah Menachem all the goodness in the world's from the Torah we're fortunate that we have balance and perspective don't laugh don't find your <laughs> going green if you're in if you're immature and insecure you'll laugh when you hear going green all of a sudden Menachem's learning Chazal he's saying is that so different. There are good forces out there. They're misplaced. They're not, they're not in the right amounts. Yeah, if you heard in this such a thing, I'm not laughing. Menachem says, hey, isn't that like, you said this could be like a commercial going green. Of course, every good force in the world has a Rashi and a Chazal. It all comes from the Torah. And then it, we learn perspective, how much there's a tremendous value that things are chashav. We have a thing called Bal Tashchis. These are not funny and stupid stuff at all. And then figuring out a balance and how much and what your obligation and how to live. These are, these are real questions. And to live a healthy, balanced, developed life. The fact that somebody's appreciative to the gifts of the world. The fact that Maishu Rabbeinu won't bang on the Nile is this tremendous sensitivity to the world and to the gifts that Hashem gave us. If that reminds you of a force by the Goyim, of course, of course, things have their shrashim and Torah. Every goodness has a cherish and Torah. We're fortunate that we have a sense of balance, how much, when. But I'm proud of Menachem that he hears in it. He says, hey, there's a whole message out there. And this, yeah, this is real stuff that a person looks at the world and it has an appreciation and is careful and doesn't want to hurt the world. This Reb Schwab and Munsi would get upset. I'm not, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do this. I'm talking about something that has its roots in Tyra. If a family member would pick off a, a tree and break off a leaf off a tree, get upset at him. So what are you just, 
that, that it has its shirish in this Torah. And Maisha not banging the sea, he said the beautiful trees. Why'd you rip off a leaf just now? now? I'm not saying you have to be there and you have to, as long as you take off a leaf, maybe it's inspiring, you want to touch the leaf. I, I'm not... I'm not saying he had that madrega he didn't like when family members would rip off a leaf off a tree. There was such a bechina, a beautiful tree, to, to be sensitive to it, to the value of it, not to overlook it. Isn't that amazing, Menachem? It's about going green. We make fun. There's a Talmud Chacham from Mansiu from the Torah wouldn't just pick off a leaf off the thing. Don't make fun. Don't make fun of things in the world that you see. Don't be quick to mock it. There might be beautiful things there. Now, if it's not in proportion, we have a Torah, so we get a sense that there's a lot, and we try to learn what, what comes before, what Kedima is, and a priority of things, but that there's such a value is no joke, doesn't? There's no, val- there's no joke at all to me in that. There was much more I wanted to learn, but it is Erev Shabbos Kodesh. It can't be, where's Max? It can't be Max came, we don't greet him with a song. Max, come. Let's it go. can't be with guitar. He's, he's, he's an novel, so it can't be with guitar, are you? So let's, let's sing it. I want to pray with Max. I want to pray. You might, you might be used to the song, Hashem Ali Rachman. Max had only heard it once. And right away, he enjoyed it and appreciated it. At his father's shloshim, we sang Hashem Ali Rachman, and Max enjoyed it. You appreciate it? It's I a prayer. It. People get tired of it because they're not praying. Prayer, you don't get tired. And we have plenty to ask. Hashem Ali Rachem Aloi. Aryeh, give us a nice high kia. Let's pray for Max's family, for Gans Klai. So let's pray. Hashem Ali Hashem
is the key. Hashem Max is back. Yitzi's back. Hi 
The three things are to take care of her physical needs. Sheirak, susar, food and clothing. A man is obligated midaraisa. He gets married, he has to take care of his wife's physical needs. Ainasa means tashmish. A man owns his wife, tashmish. Intimacy, a man owes to his wife. By the Goyim, it's temptation. By our world, he owes it to his wife. He's chayiv. He's a baal chayiv. And Aynasa lo yigara is a chayiv da'iraisa that he owes to his wife. He's chayiv, like he's chayiv to feed her, like he's chayiv to clothe her. He owes her dvarim shebetzina. He's chayiv. Included in Aynasa, of course, is the chayiv da'iraisa to emotionally care for his wife to care for her emotions. He signs a ksuba man, and he obligates himself to respect his wife. If a man doesn't respect his wife, he is a liar. He lied. Because he promised in the ksuba, it's in the ksuba that he's going to... Where's that chayiv? He, the chayiv is aynasa la yigara. He's chayiv for her emotional needs. He has to respect her. A man who disrespects his wife is a liar. He's an absolute liar. He signed the document. He made a Kenyan on the day of his marriage that he's going to respect his wife. If he doesn't respect his wife, the man is a liar. And the obligation of a man is to respect his wife. Respect doesn't mean you say nice things. That's passion. Respect is in your machshava that you hold of her. That you're machshava. She's precious. That's an obligation a man has to a lady. Now... This, this obligation is something that is very, very important to learn how to nurture somebody. How to be somebody who, in your presence, is in, somebody's in, you, I said midas can't, you can't show up to a certain midah. The way you play on the court when you're down 20 or 3 minutes to go, it will show up in areas of your life. It's important to learn how to be a nurturing person. One day you're going to have to be a nurturing man who knows how to emotionally care for his wife, to respect her, to take care of her emotional needs. I have this thing, my knock on secular schools is that it's very little nurture. Their physical needs, could you imagine a school that doesn't serve meals? Here we don't, we don't believe in food. 
you know, <laughs> people got to eat. Emotional needs are more important than physical needs. A smile is more important than milk. Emotional needs are more important. You're not allowed to starve people. I want independent teams to go to all our schools across the country and rate how nurturing is this environment. How nurturing? Do we know how to nurture youngsters? Youngsters live here most of their weeks. Are they nurtured? One of the great mechanichim in the world is here for Shabbos. I'm saying it not in front of him. It's not to get a cheer. I'm extremely excited to be in the presence of a man, Rabbi Fisher, who's one of the great mechanichim in the world. I watch, and every single one of the guys who goes to Rabbi Fisher's yeshiva is lucky because he's a nurturing person. His understanding of people, his respect for people, his cheering on people, his getting, you're entitled to a journey in his presence. We all have a journey. I have a journey. Dovi, Akiva, Mardcha, YY, Maxi, we all have a journey. And then there are places that don't allow for our journey, just behave. And then every once in a while you meet a mechanic like Rav Fisher, who gets it and feels it and encourages it celebrates you and cheers you on on your journeys, one of the most nurturing mechanchim I've ever met in my life. I pride that in yeshiva here is a place where people can grow. People talk a lot of discussion in the world is is yeshiva safe. And the knock on water is you're out of your mind, Kalish. This guy who's doing this is with this guy who's not doing this, and how is it safe? That's like the question on water. The most sophisticated question on water is how is it safe? My innocent son is with him who's struggling. Why is it safe? I have my own. What I want to say is if kids can't express and talk and have their journeys, it is not safe. I consider it unsafe places that kids don't express. The average guy here has said over his story to a Rebbe, to a dorm counselor, and to friends, and is in touch and aware of his story. That's the only thing I know of that's safe today. You can have illusions of safe, but in a society, everybody's afraid. I don't consider that safe. Things go on. You don't know what's going on, so you might have an illusion of safety. But safe is a place where people are safe to express and speak and talk out and work out. The only thing for my own children I consider safe is if they have a Rebbe to share their story with. If they don't have it, it's not safe. If they have it, it's safe. I personally bring my sons to this yeshiva because I consider it a safe place because kids, they share with the Rebbe their story, their worries, their insecurities, their troubles. They share with Rebbeim. And to me, safe is when you express. Rev Fisher creates a safe yeshiva. The guys there are in touch with their stories. I'm always amazed when I meet with him. It's very, very hectic. I go to the yeshiva. It's, we're all together for a few minutes. It's loud and there's a lot of emotions and all them and things. In a minute, as guys come over, he like, he's in touch with their story. He comments. He pulls a guy over. He pats his chest. He's like this guy. And he hits like a nuance of his story. It's not just, it's not just a wordsmith. It's, he really is in touch with the guy's story and cheers on the guy's story. What he's doing in that moment, guys aren't stupid. He's not going to make them feel good. You're a nice boy, Pat, Pat. People aren't stupid. What he's doing is, he says, I know your journey and I get you and I'm with you and keep going. I'm proud of you. 
He's in touch with your story. And you're, you're entitled to your story. And he's cheering on the story. The amount of emotional support that's given there, I haven't seen a yeshiva in the world match him. Not one. I haven't seen the awareness of people. So the word nurture... That's been a forgotten word. All of us have to learn to be nurturing. One day you're going to have a wife and children. The clueless man, the clueless man is like, I don't get it. I pay the bills. You did Sheyrek Susi. You forgot Ainasa. You forgot to respect your wife. I don't get it. I, I give my kids all their needs. Yeah, their physical needs. What about their emotional needs? Are you present? Are you present in their lives? Emotionally present. There, feeling, understanding the way you're supposed to be. Nurturing, the word nurturing. So I just want to say it's exciting to me to have a mechanic who has nurtured so many and given so much chiyos. Certainly the job, the Iker job, is parents' job to nurture their children. And that's the main ones who are present enough to do it and have the right size families to focus and nurture. All of us one day have to physically supply to our family and emotionally and learn how to do such. Be emotionally present in your own life. Don't bang the waters that help that save you in your life. Be emotionally present to the things that saved you and help you. Be there, be present. And then show up and be present for your children, your wife and children. Be present, show up. Show up emotionally. You signed the Ksuba, you promised to respect her, you're emotionally gonna be there, gonna be with the program to nourish. It's tremendously exciting to me that we're having one a mechanic like to show up to Yeshiva. To me it's like an extra yamtiv. This Shabbos Parshas Ve'era this year is a is a week, a very exciting week to have a mechanic who brings it, he gives everything he has. He brings it. He doesn't usually leave Eretz Yisrael. We were Zaycha to get him. Avram and I perhaps teamed up to pressure him to do this. Maybe too much, but I wanted the guys to be in the presence of a mechanic who's caring and has that word nurture, encourages and builds. I'm very, very moved by his, by his, what he brings, what he shows up. The only way he does it in his own life to himself, he's a person who's very, very present to his own story. He does it for his wife and children. As you could ask Avram, he's very, very present in their life. That's the only way you can show up in somebody. You can't, like I said, midas don't work that you're down 20 with three minutes going, you quit there and in life. You, it's all the way you show up here, you show up here, you show up here. And there's a person who shows up emotionally in his own life, in his family's life, and then in Talmud's life. And I ask us, I want to invite everybody to join this precious Shabbos. This should have, a, I think we'll have a lot of energy. This Shabbos, it should be a Shabbos of tremendous energy. So I'm thankful all, you'll all be here to enjoy the Shabbos. I'm thankful that, honestly thankful. I wanted to purposely say it, not in front of him. It's not like platitudes, pat on the back. So it's an honor to have him. I'm telling you, Shaloi Bifanov, that I'm honored that Rav Fisher's here for Shabbos. And looking forward to a gorgeous Shabbos, a man who brings chiyos to others, I'm happy for that chiyos to show up in yeshiva, that energy to show up. I want everybody here to show up in your own life and then show up in your wife and children's life, emotionally. Show up. Bring it. Bring it. Be present. Be emotionally present. Don't bang the waters that save you. Have an excellent Shabbos.